Well, bless the Lord one more again. He is definitely a friend of him. Yes, he is, baby. He is a friend of mine. He is a friend of yours. He is a friend that sticks closer than any brother. Hallelujah. He will stick closer because he's on the inside of you. Working things out for your good. Well, God bless you on this cold day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we shall be uh, glad and rejoice therein. Hallelujah. And we thank God for the haters. We thank God for the people who try to take away our salvation. We thank God for the people who try to take away our belief in the name of the Lord. We, we thank God for the people who try to take away, Father God, what we believe in, and that is Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And so you ought to thank God for your enemies. Pray for them and thank God for them. Because some things you can't get from God until he sees you hate it. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Some things you just can't get until God sees people coming against you. No wonder the Bible says he prepared a table for me in the presence of all my enemies. Yes, he does. He does what he does for you. He prepares a table for you. He prepares a rebo shakara by the victory. You're going to get the victory right in front of the folks who think you shouldn't have it. You're about to get the victory right in front of some people who are plotting against you. You're about to get the victory right in front of some people who said no to you. They said no to your loan, no to the job. They said no and to your marriage proposal and different things that going on. But glory to God, they might have, even back in the day, they might have left you at the prom. And glory to God, you, you came with the prom with you and left with somebody else. If you've been um, heartbroken, if you've been cast out, if you've been in the bush, in any ways done wrong in your life, don't hold no grudge. Don't try to get back. Don't try to uh, avenge yourself. No, let the Lord fight your battles and let him do it. Amen. You just pray for him. Don't rejoice when it, when it, when it goes down either. <laughs> let the Lord turn his anger away from them and put it back where it belongs on you. But no, just rejoice and thank God for what he's getting ready to do. For it's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that works in you. God bless you. Listen, I, I was thinking about something the other day. Um, young lady had came over, over to the house last night and had, um, brought some food and different things. And, um, this young lady, she's from, from Trinidad, um, I believe. And, um, and I love it when she cooks a certain dish that she cooks. And, um, but that particular night, uh, last night she brought over another dish, um, to the house. And, um, and of course, you know, it was some chicken and whatnot, but, it wasn't what I wanted. I wanted the the goat that she cooks. Lord have mercy. <laughs> but as I'm eating this meal, and uh, the Holy Spirit begin to speak to me, and say, "Yeah, this is not what you want. No, no doubt. But beggars can't be choosers." And the the word hit me. It hit me like a brick, because I, I understand there's teaching, there's preaching, no doubt. There's a reading of the word of the Lord, no doubt. But everybody doesn't have revelation. 
they have application as far as different things they, they can do in the word of the Lord. They have teaching as far as different things. They can show you X, Y, Z, and the word says this, and blah, blah, blah. But they don't, everybody doesn't have that revelation knowledge. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and, and people got a problem with folks who have revelation. Yes, they do. Because they begin to say to them, well, where's it in the word of God? And blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and they really get upset when you have revelation and understanding. Hallelujah. Or what God is saying in a particular moment, in a particular time to his people. And that's what the Lord began to speak to me with me last night about beggars can't be choosers. And here's what the Lord has speaking to me about. There was a man in the book of Acts. There was a certain man in the book of Acts. I believe it's around chapter three, possibly two, but I believe it's three. You can check your reading that he, this young man, this man was paralyzed. And he was lame. He was paralyzed from his mother's womb. This man, glory to God, he was not able to walk. And he had not been able to walk since he'd been born. He was born with a problem. He was born paralyzed. Have you ever been born with an issue? Born with some problems going on, some health issues. Some things, and glory to God, you've been born with that you only know what you got. This man was born lame. He was born paralyzed. Had never walked before. And this is in the book of Acts chapter 3. And the Bible says this man used to go to a gate called Beautiful every day to ask for money. He asked alms of the people every day. He was a beggar. And he began, he began to beg for money as people go into the church to pray. He began to beg and ask for different things. Glory to God. And one day Peter and John were going to prayer. Hallelujah. And as Peter and John were going to prayer, the same man. Asked Peter and John for some money, for some alms, for some money. And Peter looked at him. <laughs> I bought, I bought and told him this. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I do have, give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And Peter lifted his hands to him. The man grabbed Peter's hand. He leaped up. And began to walk. A man that never walked before. <laughs> he never ran before. Oh, glory to God. He, this man began to walk. And to leap. And to praise God. Hallelujah. He was begging for money. But he ended up with a healing. I guess beggars can't be choosers. huh? He was, some of you have been begging for, uh, for a husband. But you're about to end up with God. You've been begging for a job, but you're getting ready to end up with a business. You've been begging for God to save your son, but he's getting ready to save the whole family. Uh, once I uh, once upon a time back in the day, I was begging God for the Holy Spirit. But not only did he fill me up with the gift of the Holy Spirit, he called me into the ministry. Because I guess beggars can't be choosers. I guess what God is saying to me simply was, I'm able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. Glory to God. Listen, you've been begging God for a lot of things. You haven't gotten them yet, huh? But guess what? You're getting ready to get something and then some. Glory to God. Because beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> Woo! Boy, that was a revelation that almost knocked my socks off. Don't you hate, though, when you got a revelation like that, you want to tell somebody? And there's nowhere, no one around to share it. Because everybody doesn't speak your language. 
Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. That's right. You'll be around some people sometimes and and you, you want to share some things about what God is doing and you want to share some things about uh, revelations that you're having that God has been speaking to you about, but you can't do it because huh? everybody doesn't speak your language. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I pray to God that you're around some people. Hallelujah. That begin to speak your language and begin to understand what God is doing in these last in evil days and times. Look look, look at me real quick. I want to give you a word. I'm not going to be before you alone. But I do want to give you a word in Galatians. I'm on in chapter 1. This is Paul's letter to the saints that were at Galatea. The letter to the Galatians claims that the apostle Paul was his writer. And this is attested by the brief autobiography when he first began to write. The language, the style, the vocabulary, the theology. The letters addressed unto the churches of Galatea, and his readers are called Galatians. Glory to God. This is uh, the date and place, the time of this writing. If the letter was sent to North Galatea, Paul and his missionary team plant, planted the Galatian church during the second missionary journey. So the epistles was written to them from either Ephesus or Macedonia. Glory to God, different places that Paul writes his letters. And this is a particular church that he had planted, that he had started. And what Paul would do is he would go into these different cities, right? And what he would do is he would preach the gospel, get some folks saved, plant a church, and then set a pastor over the church. And then he would leave and go to the next city and do the same thing. An apostle is a man that's not a man that's necessarily going to be your pastor. He's just somebody that will plant that church. Glory to God. And once he plants that church, he will set a pastor over that church and then he will leave and go do the same thing in another city. Uh, sometimes we want apostles to be pastors and they're not. They don't have the they don't have the pastor on um, glory to God, but they have the apostolic anointing on their life. Harebo shakarabaha. Apostles, apostles, sometimes they have different giftings inside them. Some apostles are, are able to teach. Some are able to preach. Some are able to that they heal and lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Some are able to call down Rebo Shaka, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will just, and they lay hands on people, they will get the Holy Spirit of God. Some of them have the gift of miracles, and different miracles will take place. Apostles are bad boys, they ain't playing. Paul was such a man as this, that he was an apostle of God, and he would go in to these cities and plant churches and he's writing a letter to this church that he has planted because when paul goes in to these cities he's preaching one thing and one thing only that's jesus christ and him crucified he goes in he says he talks about the lord jesus christ and how he died for the sins of the whole world he talks about how that jesus christ um was buried and he talks about how jesus christ rose from the grave and he talks about how if you can believe this then you can be saved and fill up with the gift of the holy spirit of god and he gives you power then now to become the sons of God. Once you believe on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And once he preaches that gospel, when people are saved, delivered, and set free. And then that foundation of the gospel is preached. And then he plants that church and sets a pastor over that church and he leaves. But every now and then, what happens is, there were people that would come in. Religious folk. And religious folks would try to tear up the church. And they would try to tear up the church with the doctrines of religion and tradition and law. And they would try to say that you cannot be saved only by Jesus Christ and death, burial, and resurrection. You got to be saved another way. 
And that is why Paul is writing this letter to this church to let them know that whoever, whosoever is coming in and telling you that you have to be saved another way or you have to stay saved or whatever they're trying to preach, let that person be accursed. And that is what's going on in the book of Galatians. Here's what, here's what happened in Galatians chapter 1. It's the, and I'm going to read, start reading the verse when it says, Paul, an apostle, not a man, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one that called him to the ministry, he's saying. And God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, he wants to say, I want grace and peace to be to you. From the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I'm praying of you right now. I'm praying grace and peace rule in your life. He says, who gave himself for our sins. That's what Jesus did for you. He gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil world. Did you know that God has already delivered you from this present and evil world? He's already done it. He's already delivered you from this present and evil world. According to the will of God, our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel. Now watch this. Now he's getting ready to get into this something. He's getting ready to talk. He's talking to this church about something because Paul had the ability to rebuke a church and set a church in order just by the pen and paper that he wrote on. He didn't have to be physically present to rebuke and correct a church. He didn't have to be physically present to set some things in order. Because his word was with power. Because Jesus Christ will follow up, his, follow up the, the word of his, his apostles with signs following. And so he's getting ready to write to this church. Because he's heard a word back. That this church is starting to being shaken at its foundation. And starting to lose its faith in the gospel. And that's a dangerous place to be. When you start losing faith in the gospel, the most dangerous place in the world is not in another man's arms or another woman's arms. The most dangerous place in the world for a Christian is to lose your faith in the cross of Christ. Because oftentimes if you get yourself caught up in some in kind of immorality, you can get out of that. But when you start not believing on the very foundation in which your faith stands. It's hard to come back from that one. <laughs> wow. He says this, I marvel. Galatians 1 and 6 says this. He says, I marvel. He said, I'm shocked. I'm bewildered. I'm flabbergasted. I can't believe what I'm hearing, y'all. I marvel. That you are so soon removed from him that calls you unto the grace of Christ. Unto another gospel. Somebody done came to the church preaching another gospel. Wait a minute. There's only one gospel now. There's only one way to salvation. But somebody done came to the church preaching another gospel. See. People don't backslide in the world. People be backsliding inside the church walls when they've been preached false doctrine, religious, and law. He said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. He's saying it's not another gospel. 
But there'll be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. So people don't came in now when Paul leave. So you got to watch yourself when leadership leaves and then people want to preach and talk to you. Watch yourself when somebody wants to prophesy to you, but not under the eyes of leadership. They want to take you in a corner somewhere and start prophesying. Is that right? Well, how come we can't let the pastor hear this prophecy that you're getting ready to talk to me about? They don't want them know about the leadership to hear because they know what they, what they send you is wrong. And if they don't believe what they send you is wrong, then stand up and let it. Let's all hear what's going on. He says that some will pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, now I'm watching Paul again, say something very powerful. One of the most powerful statements in scriptures that you want to read in the New Testament says this. But though we, or an angel from heaven, Paul said, if I come in and do this, he said, if an angel from heaven come in and do this, he says, if they preach, if we preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, then let him be a curse. Paul said, if I'm doing it, let me be a curse. He said, if an angel from heaven come into the church and preach another gospel, then let him be a curse. <laughs> this, this, this verse shows that the message, not the message, is the utmost importance. Here's what the verse is saying. That the message, not the messenger, is the utmost importance. It, it, it don't matter who preaching to you if they're preaching the wrong thing. It don't matter who your favorite preacher is if, you, if he's preaching the wrong thing. If he's preaching another gospel, it don't matter what his name is. From bishop such and such to the president to whoever it is. If they're preaching any other gospel other than what you have learned or what you have heard, let him be a curse. Not the president of the United States, not the president of your board, your church, or whatever you got going on, of your company. Because a lot of churches, they have, like, boards. Can we go deeper? As we said before, now, he can really say it again. <laughs> because sometimes when somebody speaks once, when God says something, when God says something once, listen. But if he's saying something twice, then you better listen. He says, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man, him included, he's saying if Paul, Peter, James, John, Timothy, Bartholomew, Levi, Matthew, Mark. Now, start name dropping on people you know today that you love and be abundant. And no doubt, we love you. But if you're preaching, start preaching any other gospel. And the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ is what you need to be saved. If you start telling me I need to be saved any other kind of way or to stay saved any other kind of way, then let that person be accursed. <laughs> this is all going to make sense in a minute as we start getting deeper and deeper into this word. He says, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that but you have received, let him be accursed. For do I not persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? He said, when I'm preaching, I ain't trying to please no man. I'm trying to please God. For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. If I'm pleasing men, I ain't the servant of Christ. 
I can't please men. We have to get in our mind. We can't. I can't please men. You know why you can't please men? Because men are never satisfied anyway. Folks are never satisfied. You gotta get. You gotta give God the glory. You gotta preach what God wants you to preach. God, yo, He said, "But I certify you." He said, "I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. Man ain't got nothing to do with this thing here." Paul said, "His gospel, he preaches only true gospel, and that is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ." The, the the issue that he's dealing with in the church is somebody has came in, somebody with some kind of authority, somebody that that got some some kind of notoriety among the people has came in and decided, well, you know what? We, we you know it's good that y'all saved by, by Jesus Christ, but you know what? You're gonna have to do some extra stuff to be saved too, though. You got you got to do this, do that, and the other. Is that right? Yeah, you saved, but you in order to stay saved, boy, I tell you what, you're gonna have to do this, that, and you're gonna have to do this. Is that right? The devil is a lie. There's only one gospel. There's only one way through heaven. That is to believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Woo! If you want power, if you're a preacher and you want power, and I ain't talking about just words, but if you want to see the, 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 the dead raised, if you want to see healing take place, you better believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's where the power comes from. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I preached neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's, you know, we know the story of how Paul was called to um, the ministry. We know the story of how Paul was um, first um, got saved. The Lord came himself and ministered Paul to Paul. For ye have heard of my conversion in time past in Jewish religion, how that beyond measure... I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Paul said, I used to be a persecutor of the church of God. That's right. Because Paul believed in law. He believed in religion, tradition. And he felt that the Christians were breaking the law and breaking tradition and religion. Folks who believe in religious folks and folks who want you to live by the law and folks who are um, um, think they're more righteous than you are dangerous people because they, glory to God, have caused a lot of people to leave the church and have folks thinking they ain't saved no more. He said, for I heard of my conversation time past in Jewish religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and I wasted it. And prophet in the Jewish religion above me and my equals in my own nation, being exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, when it pleased God, <laughs> see, sometimes, see, I'm telling you, you, I know you got some folks that you want to get saved. I do. I know you want your sons and daughters saved, no doubt. My, my suggestion, though, to you is don't rush it, don't keep praying for them. Because there's a set time that God will call them in. If they belong with God, then there's a set time he's going to call them in. He says, verse 15 says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Yes, when it pleased God. He said, God separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Since Paul's conversion to Christianity was due to God and not man. And since he did not consult with man subsequent to his conversion, then the apostle could not possibly have received the gospel from anyone but the Lord. 
That's what he's saying. You say, I had my own personal experience. When was the last time you had your own personal experience with God and God don't spoke with you? He said, listen, he said, God called me by his grace. That's how you got called by, by his grace. He said to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, that is the Gentiles. He said, I'm going to preach him among the Gentiles. Immediately I confirmed not with flesh and blood. Paul said, when I got saved, he said, I didn't, I didn't go immediately to flesh and blood. I didn't, when I first got saved, Paul said, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't speak with, with, with the leaders and preachers and teachers of my day. He said, Paul said, no, I, I, um, <laughs> I went to somewhere to notice God for myself. You're going to have to know the Lord of God for yourself. He says, now that I went up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and to turn again to Damascus. And see, then he said, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter. After three years of being saved, then I spoke with Peter. And I bowled with him for about two weeks, 15 days. We spent two weeks together. What was he doing for two weeks? Talking about the ministry, talking about the Lord. Obviously praying, fasting. But he said, I didn't, I didn't do that immediately, though. I spent three years getting ready, getting to notice God for myself. But the other the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. Now, the things which I see, Paul didn't need validation from men about his salvation. No. <laughs> That's why he's saying I, I, didn't, I didn't go up. To speak with them. He says no. <laughs> Immediately when I got saved. I started talking with God. I need to know. What it is. All he wanted me to do. I want to know this God for myself. He said then he went to talk to Peter. He went to go out to James. Sometimes. We think our salvation. Needs to be validated by men. And that's when you start getting yourself in trouble. And see, and so so if, if men don't think you're saved, then you think you ain't saved anymore. The choir member don't think you're saved. Yeah, I must not be saved. The choir member don't think I'm saved. The deacon don't like me no more. I must not be saved. Uh, that, no, your salvation is not validated through another man or another woman. Your salvation is validated through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're still there. Can we go deeper? Look at verse 20. It says, now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God, I lie not. Afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria and Sicily and was unknown by the face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which he once he destroyed. And they glorified God in me to hear that Paul had gotten saved and filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit in those days was a miracle within itself. Listen, think of somebody right now who in your life that you may know or a person on your job or a family member and that could be possibly be an atheist. And, you, and, you, and they may be somebody who don't believe in God at all. So, and if you ever ran into somebody like that, you know, these people are hard people, boy. They, they, they ain't playing. They matter of fact, they these people talk against God every day. As a matter of fact, I, I'm one to believe that an atheist would talk about God more than we do. I'm like, how is it you don't believe me? You talk about God more than I am. 
but they don't believe God exists an atheist. And you can think about the worst man in the world who never will believe on Jesus Christ. Now think about that, right? Now think about this. You hearing that that man that said he don't believe in God is an atheist and have done all these things and persecuted the church of God. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I know where he's preaching and believing now and starting churches. You like you. It'll be hard for you to believe. You're like, wait a minute. What in the world? Hold up with this. And you'll start glorifying God because, you know, if God say that person, Lord, have mercy. Then I know it's hope for my son because he don't believe in nothing. I know it's hope for my boss because they don't believe in Jesus. I know it's hope for my wife because she don't believe. I know it's hope, hope for my husband because they don't believe. It's hope for my daughter who's running with gangs and doing this, that, and the other who don't believe. I know it's hope for them. If Paul can get saved, then I know. They, 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 they was like, Paul? They, in his day, they was like, Paul is saved? The same man that was coming to house to house, persecuting people who are saved. The same man that was dragging folks out of the house and arresting them for worshiping Jesus. He's saved. He's starting churches. He believes in God. Wow. I don't want to name drop because I don't want to disrespect anybody. But just like I said, just think about somebody right now. It could be somebody in the entertainment industry. It could be somebody in another religion. It could be somebody who don't believe on Jesus Christ. Now, think about that right now. Think about it, you know, and just think about it right now. Now, now flip that and think it out. Oh, now all of a sudden he's pre preaching and being saved and delivered and set free. And, and you be like, man, that, that's got to be a miracle. Oh, there's still hope for your children. There's still hope for you. Don't give up in due season when it pleases God. God going to turn that thing around. Let me read some of chapter 2. And we're going to go through this whole chapter. We ain't going to get through it today. Don't worry about it. But we will get through it. It says, Then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem. This is chapter 2 of Galatians. He says, Then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. So now it's been 17 years since he's been saved. He said, I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that had, that had the gospel which preached among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run in vain, or had run in vain. Now watch this. He says, I went, he says, he says after 17 years now, I went back. I went up to um, Jerusalem again, and I took Barnabas with me. And this time, he just wasn't speaking with Peter. He was talking to other great men and preachers and teachers of God, prophets, who were saved before him and had their ministries before him, pillars of the church, the one, you know, the ones that, the disciples, the ones that walked with Jesus. All of them, now he's, he's talking to them now. But, this time, he, he was a little more humble than he was when he first got saved. <laughs> a little more humble. Came in, was like, all right, well, let, me, let me speak for these guys. <laughs> Well, let me do it privately. That's less, by any means, I run in vain. But, but, but let's talk to him. <laughs> but he said he went there by revelation. God gave him a revelation to go. Watch this. He, but he said, but now that Titus was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. He can recognize some deep stuff. Because there are people that have been preaching that even though you're saved by Jesus, you got to stay saved by keeping certain parts of the law. 
there were certain people who are preaching now in our day that even though we're saved by Jesus, you have to stay saved by being perfect or, or this or you got to do that now. And, and you're not saved no more because of this and that. And you got issues and you got habits and, and the same spirit that was existed in the book of Galatians is the same spirit that tried to disrupt us now. And that's why you got folks don't know if they're in or out. That's got folks right now. If the Lord was to come back right now, they're not even certain they would go back with him because they feel like they ain't, they ain't good enough. The devil is a lie. Are you saved? Do you believe on Jesus Christ? And that's, do you believe in his death, bed, and resurrection? Baptize in his name? Fill up the Holy Spirit? Why wouldn't you go? <laughs> oh, because the preacher said, who, who is, is the preacher God? Oh, but, but my first lady said this. Okay, is she God? Did she die for your sins? Were you baptizing her name? Were you baptizing your pastor's name? Your friend's name? Your husband's name? Your daughter's name? You baptize her name? Then you, if Jesus come, then you go with him. Oh my God, my God. Let, let me let me go on because I'm getting ready to shout and dance. But I'm trying to finish this lesson. Hold on for a minute. So, verse four says this, and this is chapter two of Galatians, and we can close this thing out in a minute. And that, and that because of the false brethren, listen, there were false brethren unawares brought in who came in privately to spot our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus that they might bring us again into bondage what is bondage he said there were false brothers don't crept into the church there's false brethren that you don't invite to your church to preach paid him and everything false brothers don't came in how you tell the false brethren the ones that don't believe on the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ the one who don't believe in the gospel to be saved, the one that believe you got to do all kind of other things besides believe on Christ to be saved. That was a false brethren right there. False brethren came in privately. They came in to spy out our liberty. We have freedom in Christ Jesus. <laughs> but when you under the law, when you're under rules, you're in bondage. You're in debt. To be in debt is to be in bondage. If you're telling somebody in order for them to be saved, they have to be perfect. In order for them to be stay safe, they have to be perfect and do everything right. That's bondage. That's debt. God hasn't called us to debt. He's called us to freedom. God, God has not called us to wrath, but he called us to have salvation in the Lord. We're free in Christ Jesus. We're free by the Spirit of the Lord. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The Spirit of the Lord is on the inside of you right now. So guess what you got? You got freedom right now. You've been freed from the bondage. You've been freed for trying to keep a scorecard. Oh, my God. I don't know if I did everything right that I'm supposed to do today. Oh, my God. Oh, I might have cursed. Oh, my God. Oh, I might be going to hell tonight. Oh, the devil is a lie. God, God didn't save you to send you to hell. He saved you to be, be with him. God didn't save you to keep the law. He saved you because his son fulfilled the law. God didn't save you for that. He didn't save you to scrutinize you every day on what you do doing doing this. You ain't doing that. You but I will tell you this, he will can and will and can deliver you if you want deliverance. 
See, there ought to be some on the inside of you saying that because of how much God has done for me, I'm about to do more for him. No, I can't hang out with you tonight. I need to, I need to do something for him. No, no, I can't do that no more. No, I don't want to do this anymore. No, the God is taking the taste uh, of that out of my mouth. I, I can't. No, I don't want to drink with you tonight. No, I want to. No, I got something to do for God. Yeah. There's going to be a conviction there. Habu shakara baha. As you grow, grow and grow closer to the light. But one thing is for certain. You are God's child. Think of your sons. How many you got? Some people right now got, some people may have got one child, but some of you got five or six of them out there. Some of you grew up in a house, five or six of them. You may have five or six brothers. You knew that it was one of your children that was need more discipline than the other one. I'll put it that way. They was pushing push more back. You had to worry about this child more than the other ones. Some of your children may have went to school. Some of them probably didn't decide not to go. Someone may be working right now. Someone may be still staying home with you. But at the end of the day, guess what? They still all your children. And if they all want to come back home, you with open arms, you 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 going to not, not, not yeah, come on back in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mind? Come on, come on. Ah. There's some of us, we're all the children of God. But some of us pray more than other ones. Some of us are more disciplined than other ones. Some of us are more um, uh, fast more than other ones do. Some of us pray more than other ones do. Some of them praise God more than some of us read the word more than other children do. But we're still all God's children. And when he comes back, if you believe on him, his house is going to be full. It's going to be full of people just like you and I who have believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we go deeper? Can we go deeper? Can we go deeper? Watch what happened here. This is... Uh, we're running out of time, but we're going to keep going for a little bit. This is chapter 2. Let me start reading around verse 6. Uh, excuse me. Let's start reading verse 5. He said, To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel may continue with you. Watch this. But of these whom seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me. God accepted no man's person. For they whom seem to be somewhat in conference, Added nothing to me. Oh, my God. He, he's saying something here that Paul is saying something here that sounds rude, but it's not really being rude. He's saying, even though I'm surrounded by all these great men of God, I'm surrounded by the Peters of the world, the Johns. I'm surrounded by the Marks. I'm surrounded by Luke's. I'm surrounded by all these great men of God who have walked with the Lord before me and who actually did walk with Jesus when he was here on earth. I'm surrounded by these great men of God. But in the midst of all this, I'm not intimidated because they men just like me. They've been saved just like I have. <laughs> Some of you get around folks and you get intimidated. Like, oh, he's so holy. He's so better. No, he ain't. He's just a man. He's just a man or woman like you. We reverence the position, no doubt. And we give reverence to who they are. Oh, God bless you, Pastor. God bless you, Pastor. You know. But you got it. You're in dangerous territory if you're thinking that. Well, I, I'm, they're more holy than I am, so they're going to make it to heaven. And I don't know if I'm going to get... The devil is a lie. <laughs> Let us keep going. He said, but contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the circumcision, uncircumcision, excuse me, was committed unto me, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter, for he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. What he's saying is, 
Peter had a word, but he had a word for the Jews. He had a word for the circumcision. The circumcision of the people who have been circumcised. Adios, off the um, covenant that God made with Moses when God, excuse me, that God made with Abraham when God told Abraham that at the eighth day of a child being born needed to be circumcised. And that's why they called them the circumcision. They called it uncircumcision the Gentiles, the people of other nations who are not a part of the Jewish nation. Adios, about who I'm teaching you now. Uh, you ever heard, you probably, some of you probably never even heard nothing like this before. Some of you probably never even heard of how the, the word and the God, he is God, he is the God of the Jews. But also he is a God of the whole world. <laughs> do, do you know how that all came about? You need to get into your word of God and find out about your God and about your salvation. That's how you started getting to know God better. And you start getting to realizing what he has done for you. But Peter's, if he, but Paul is saying Peter was the main apostle to the, to the circumcision. And he's saying that Paul was the main apostle to those Gentiles, the other nations. He's saying that I have the ministry of getting them saved. He has the ministry of getting the others saved. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived that the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship. These are the pillars he's talking about. He said, you got James there. He had Cephas. That Cephas is Peter there. He had John. These men are of great reputation. Make no mistake about it. These three men are of great reputation. They walk with Jesus. They seen Jesus walk on top of water. They seen the feeding of 5,000. They seen Jairus' daughter being healed and delivered and raised from the dead. They was there when Jesus spoke to Lazarus and Lazarus was there for four days. And Jesus just stepped out there and said, Lazarus, come forth. And after four days, here come Lazarus that was there for four days. All of a sudden, he's alive. They seen him turn water to wine. They seen him stop storms. They seen all kind of things. So they're just not preaching. Peter, James, and John, they're just not preaching about Jesus. They actually seen it happen. They seen it go down. It's a difference now when you're just talking and when you actually seen it go down. See, that's why also oftentimes has a problem with somebody preaching to me that has never been through anything. Uh, if you've never been through anything and if you never had a problem, then how are you going to help me? If you never had to believe God when you didn't have any money, when you ever, never had to believe God when you, nights when you thought you was not saved, when you thought you was depressed, and when you thought you was going through, when the midst of a breakup, in the midst of you messing up something that you know you messed up, and all the things that you've done in your life, and then you want to see if God can bless and be that Jehovah Jireh, and be your provider, and be, the, be that Jehovah Nisi, the Lord your banner, and, and be that Jehovah Shalom, and be peace in your life. If you never had destruction, you never had anything going on. You're like, how in the world are you preaching to me? It's like a person telling you how to get rich and they, they ain't broke and bad credit in there. How are you going to tell me how to be rich? But as somebody who has been there and done that, you're like, you want to pay close attention. Hold on, he's going to do some things. That's, and that's why it's hard to hear someone who proclaims that they've never done anything or been, been anywhere or done anything. I never had to believe God for anything. Then how? <laughs> but these men of God, Peter, James, they've been through the things. They don't seem to go down. They don't have to believe God. Peter himself, he don't deny the Lord three times one night. And seeing God forgive him, deliver him, and still call him to the ministry. 
It, oh my God. That's why these men of God are so powerful. Because they've been through some things. They made some mistakes. And they still are there believing God for their faith. Get with somebody. Get under somebody who has been through something. And watch God move. And these are the type of men that Paul said he's meeting with right now. But he says, even though I respect these men. But yet, these men are not going to take away my faith and what I got going on. Because even if they don't believe what God is in me and the things they don't for me, that is what it is what it is. I know that I got an experience with God for myself. See, you got to get to the point of God where you believe in God for yourself. And nobody, no man, no woman, anybody can take that away from you. Nobody can take the, your experience, your personal experience that you have with God from you because you had it yourself. You're not going off mama's faith, daddy's faith, your bishop's faith. No, you're going off your faith. If you're going to be delivered and set free, you're going to be set free by your faith. Nobody else but you. You got to make it happen. You. <laughs> you believe God for yourself. Glory to God. But he says this in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 9. He says in James and Cephas and John, they were there, whom seemed to be pillars perceived. The grace that was given unto me, they recognized the God in him. My God. See, other men of God, great men of God, they'll recognize the God in you. Another anointed man of God, they'll recognize what God is doing. Again, yeah, that man saved right there. You love God. Yeah, God got a calling on this one. Yeah, no. And they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship. Watch this, and we should go into the heathen and then into the circumcision. The Gentiles, he said, we're going to go into the Gentiles. Y'all go into the circumcision. Watch this. Only that they would, that we should remember the poor. The same which we also forward to do. Now watch this. Now watch what happened now. I just told you. I don't know if I got time to finish this out. But there was a. Now you hear what Paul had said right. About these men. You know. You respect them. But hey. You know. I'm saved too. Now. There was a disagreement. And a little argument. That's getting ready to happen. Between Paul and Peter. Oh yeah. There was a dispute. An argument. Paul. It's getting ready. Can I put this plainly? To tell Peter off to his face. Paul is getting ready to rebuke him. You got to be a strong man to accept rebuke. You got to be a humble man to accept rebuke. Here's Peter now. He don't walk with the Lord. He don't see things that Paul hasn't. He don't experience things that Paul hasn't. I mean, Peter himself one time was on the Mount of Transfiguration. And as Peter was up there with Jesus with the Mount of Transfiguration, he seen Jesus' garments shine brighter than the noonday sun glistening. And he seen out of Jesus come, coming Elijah and Moses speaking with Jesus. And he was on And the vision and the thing that he seen was so powerful in God. And Jesus told him, don't tell nobody about the vision until I'm risen again from the dead. He don't seen some things, boy. But it don't matter what Paul's, uh, Peter has seen. When you're wrong, you're wrong. And you have to be humble. <laughs> Nobody, I, I don't know, I don't know too many people these days who have positions want to be that kind of humble. Because people in leaders of the day, they're always right. They're always right. <laughs> and when you're always right, can't nobody tell you anything. People are scared to tell you anything. People are scared to confide in you because you're always right.
Peter, in these verses of scriptures I'm getting ready to read, was in the wrong. He was dead wrong. What he thinks he was getting ready, he was doing. And Paul is getting ready to tell him about himself. Can we go deeper? I think we have time for it. Can we go deeper? Here's what happened. It says, but when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face. This is not something that Paul said behind his back. See, we want, we want to talk about him here behind everybody's back. We got a problem with somebody. We may have a problem with our pastor. We have a problem with the deacon. We have a problem with all kinds of stuff going on. And we don't let them know what's going on. All we want to talk about how they back. We go around and tell them everybody else what's going on besides them. How can they know how to fix anything? You don't tell them about yourself. And don't be scared. Let them know. He says, but when Peter was come to Enoch, I was stood him to his face because he was to blame. To blame for what? What did he do wrong? <laughs> well, let's go deeper and find out. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself. Wait a minute. Whoa. What's going on here? Have you ever had somebody that was two-faced? And when you was with that person, they acted a certain way when they was with you. But when another person walked in the room, they stopped talking to you and acting like they don't know who you is. And start talking to that person and acting like, oh, I ain't got nothing to do with that person. I'm not even associated with him. I just want to talk. There was like a shame to be around you or something. They acted one way in front of you. They acted one way. And when things hit the fan, they like, they don't know who you is. All glory be to God. That's what Peter just did. Peter, at first, he was eating with the Gentiles. Yes. Chilling with them, eating with them, dapping them up, talking about the Lord, whatever you want to say. But when the Jews came in, he separated himself. He's like, oh, wait a minute. I ain't got nothing to do with these Gentiles. Man, I'm out of here. <laughs> and he did it because he was fearing them, which are the circumcision. He was fearing the Jews. He didn't want to do it. Here's a man. Peter still got some little issues in him. That's what I'm saying. But he's still a bad man, and he's still an apostle, and he's still, glory to God, has anointed. But he still got some issues in him. My problem, and he, and my problem is this, though. <laughs> how is it that these men these great men of God in those days still had issues but the cats of the day the preachers of the day like they ain't got nothing going on with themselves less power than these guys got sometimes no power my God but yet you ain't got nothing going on it's time to be transparent it's time to lay it down man it's time to stop pretending. Especially in these days and times. It's really it's time. It's time for leaders to stop pretending. We all need the Lord, don't we? No matter what the title is. He 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 was fearing. He 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 got a, he got fear. He got fearful. He he was fearing the, the other Jews. He's like, oh my God, I can't I can't be seen messing around with these, these these Gentiles over here. Let me separate myself. I gotta go. And watch this. In the other Jews. Disassembled likewise with him. When they seen Peter do it, they did it also. See, that's why you got to watch yourself when you do certain things in a church. Because other people will follow you. Because of who you are. If you're a man of influence, you will start influence other folks to do that foolishness too. That's why being a leader is, is hard. You got you to understand. You, you're going to influence other people. If you're, uh, if you're a member, if you're the head usher, then you're the leader. They're watching you. If you're the head of the praise team, they're watching you. You hit at the children's church, they're watching you. 
And whatever you do, they're going to say, well, this joke is doing it, so let me... It, let me just not associate myself either. Let me go too. I will. There must be something going on with this. You the first lady. You 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 leader. Some people they won't praise God unless the first lady is praising God. They won't shout about a sermon unless first lady is shouting about a sermon. First lady got a problem with this man over here. Then everybody else got a problem with this man over here. You gotta watch yourself when you're doing certain things in the church. <laughs> And what's going to happen here? Other, other Jews just symbol likewise with him. And such as I said, Barnabas also did it. Now watch this now. Barnabas is the man that came with Paul. Paul, like, wait a minute. This man, you, what? Oh, what? I'm the one who brought you up here. Barnabas, what's wrong with you? <laughs> the, the guy that came to the conference with Paul, all of a sudden he wants to start acting funny too. And Paul said, hey man, where you going? You, you won't roll with me. Watch yourself when you're trying to get star starstruck in the church. Ain't no stars in the church. No superstars up in here. The only superstar is Jesus. <laughs> wow. Barnabas said, I'm going to. And also was carried away with this assimilation. He was carried away. The assimilation is hypocrisy. Now watch what Paul, Paul about to tell him off though. But Paul, but, but when I saw, what does Paul say? Galatians 2 and 14, I got a little But when Paul, when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all. See, he didn't say this in the corner. He didn't pull Peter to the side. He didn't say this in the corner. He, he rebuked all of them. Sometimes, my brother, you got to stand alone in what you're saying. And don't be scared. Because nothing will get right in secrecy. The only thing that's gonna get right is you gotta confront it, you know, before everybody. Don't talk about them behind their back now, and not gonna say nothing to their face. One thing I love about my stepdaddy is this: that he was a man that if he had a problem with you, you would know it. Now he may say something after he don't told you off, <laughs> but trust me, he ain't talking behind your back. He ain't talking behind nobody's back. No, he no, he don't say that to your face. <laughs> yeah, with no secrets about how he felt. Like, oh, I'm, I'm about to, matter of fact, I'm about to go ahead and tell him what's going on right now. And after I tell them off, then I'm, I'm gonna let him know what the deal is. I'm like, all right. Peter, Paul said this before everybody. He said he talked to Peter. He said them for all. If thou being a Jew, livest after the manner of the Gentiles, and not as do the Jews. Why can put us all the Gentiles live as do the Jews? Here's what he's saying. If they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, he said, that is, they were not acting rightly regarding the truth of the gospel. The gospel teaches that a person is saved by grace and not by law. Therefore, he is not obligated as a Christian to live under the law. Thou livest after the manner of Gentiles. Peter was living like a Gentile and that he was mixing freely with Gentile believers and not observing Jewish customs. He was eating with Gentiles foods, yet, yet Peter compelled the Gentiles to live as do the Jews and separating himself from them. By refusing to eat with them, he left Gentiles believers no alternative but to either adopt Jewish dietary regulations or suffer a split in their church. In short, Peter was forcing them to become Jewish proselytes. Peter's hypocrisy lay not in observing Jewish laws, but in making Gentiles keep them. 
He said, he's he saying, Peter, you're not even keeping the law. So why in the world would you ask these Jews to keep the law? He says, what he's saying is, can I bring up today? He's saying, man, you ain't even got everything in your life right. You got issues too. So why are you trying to send this man to hell? And you see it every day in the church. You see what people are saying, well, you're not genuine enough. This ain't right. You ain't doing this right. And you, oh, you ain't saved. And you ain't even got everything together yourself. Salvation is about grace. And it's about being saved by grace. And it's about being saved by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not who the best at living this and living that. Oh, I ain't got much issues as this man, so I'm more saved than him. You're not more saved than anybody. You're not more holier than anybody. You're not more righteous than anybody. That's what he that's what Paul told him. Paul told Peter before everybody. And he says this in verse 15, and I'm getting ready to close this thing. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified. Justified means declared righteous. A man is not declared righteous by the works of the law. You can't work your way to be righteous. You can't work on righteousness. You can't work on being holy. <laughs> Clock says it's time to go. Let's go deeper just for three more minutes still. <laughs> Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. No, he's not. But by the faith of Jesus Christ. That's how you declare righteous. I mean, if you, got, you got faith in Jesus Christ? You're righteous. Oh, but I still got some issues. Righteous. Oh, but I still want to smoke a cigarette. Righteous. Yeah, but I, I need to... Uh, righteous. Hallelujah. He says, the man is not justified. He's not declared righteous. He's not justified by the works of the law. But by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we believe on Jesus Christ. Paul was a Jew too. Paul was saying, hey. <laughs> Paul was saying, hey, man. That's how I mean you, you and I got saved. That's how all of, all of us got saved. Even we believed on Jesus Christ. That we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. He said, You can't work your way to be, you can't work on to your way to be righteous. There's nothing you can do to be righteous but one thing, and that's believe on Jesus Christ. So then, why do we do it? We do it then because we live right simply because of who we are. We know who we are. We know we're better than what we're doing. You're in a situation right and you're in a situation right now. And you're saying to yourself, man, I'm better than this. I can do better than this. I don't have to be in this relationship. I really don't. Let us do do better. Let us get into the word. Listen, if it's a word, then I must have did it. And if it's not, then I wasn't with it. Stay committed. See you next time.